This is Reverend Charles Fenson. I'm the interim pastor at Presbyterian Church of the Covenant in Costa Mesa, California. This is the morning worship service. Our address is 2850 Fairview Road, Costa Mesa, California, 92626. Our website is pccov.org, and our Facebook page is pccov. And our email is info at pccov.org. We welcome you to this service. Our vision statement is that the Presbyterian Church of the Covenant is a Christ-centered community set free by grace and placed in our neighborhoods to serve and to invite all people into a wondrous relationship with God. God bless you as you worship with us. people of God. Good morning, friends in Christ. Welcome to worship. You remember to put your clocks forward. You are all here. Welcome the people that come during the benediction. <laughs> There'll be people that will be walking in. Just welcome them to coffee hour following worship today. If you are new to us, we're glad to have Steve back after a few weeks. Welcome back, Steve. 
Are there other guests or friends that we may introduce or welcome? Yes. Stand up, please. And your name is? Meg. From where? Margaret. Thank you, Meg. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome, Meg. Uh, Michelle is here. Uh, Danny is traveling in parts um, um, exotic, we believe, uh, this morning. So welcome, uh, Michelle. And please sign the friendship books that we might have record of your worship, that we might greet you by name. Many of us were at the uh, Veterans Hospital uh, yesterday with Walden and uh, Sandy and the Old Time Radio Hour. How many were here for that? That was a great afternoon. So thank you for coming to that. This is going to be a group effort, these announcements, because I left my notes on my desk. We are beginning the season of Lent. There are three groups meeting today. Um, the PNC is meeting in the fireside room. Uh, Discovery class, those who would like to know more about our church, are meeting in the conference room at noon. And then the pastor's office will be used for the worship committee. And don't tell anyone, but there's food in the conference room, but don't don't say a thing to anyone else about that. <laughs> Lenten quiet nights, starting this Wednesday at 5 o'clock in room 5 for our worship, our quiet meditative worship, and then a simple supper, and then we'll let you out by 6 p.m., so note that. We are beginning Lent um, this past Wednesday on Ash Wednesday, and this is the first um, Sunday in Lent because it's not of Lent because the six Sundays are not counted in the 40-day period between Ash Wednesday. So if someone says, I went to church today, it's the first Sunday of Lent, you say, no, it's the first Sunday in Lent. In Lent. Okay. Other announcements, help us here, other announcements that we are to give to the community. Don't forget the um, per capita $34.80. If you haven't given that for this year, please mark that in the memo line of your checks. Um, other announcements are found in your bulletins. Two weeks from today, there is a pancake breakfast, and that will be on the 24th, hosted by Troop 339. And you have an announcement about... Yeah, I gave it to you. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. And we are looking for another sitting elder or ruling elder, any elder, past or present, to serve on the nominating committee, and then we'll have a full compliment for the nominating committee. Um, see Jim Clark, Elder Jim Clark, if you'd like to serve. It's a wonderful committee. It helps select um, the officers for our church. What was the other one? We're still looking for uh, in men interested in the uh, men's retreat in May. Men's retreat in May. We're planning a men's retreat in May at the Sarah Conference Center in Malibu. If you would like to be a part of that retreat, it's going to be on a Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, starting Monday night, ending up at noon on Wednesday. We're not sure of the dates quite yet, but see Jim Clark if you're interested in more information on that. And Marsha? Women's retreat sign-ups starts today. Women's retreat sign-ups starts today, so note that. Any other announcements? Welcome, stand up, say hello to someone that you may not have seen for a while. Say hello. Okay, time to be seated. Time to prepare our hearts for worship. And we invite the choir to call us into worship.
now would you please stand and join me in the responsive call. One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. The sacrifice acceptable to God is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O God, you will not despise. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Almighty God, your son fasted 40 days in the wilderness and was tempted as we are, but did not sin. Give us grace to direct our lives in obedience to your spirit, that as you know our weaknesses, so we may know your power to save. Through Jesus Christ, our Redeemer, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And now let us join our hearts and sing in praise.
please be seated. And may we have all the children and youth and young at heart come on up, have a seat with us. Why don't you sort of on this side, if you would. Nice to see you. Did you get a good night's rest last night? It was short, wasn't it? Your sleep was short. Why was that? Daylight savings time, which means our evenings are going to be longer, more sunlight at night. Pastor Charles got an owie on his finger here. So when you get owies, do you put a Band-Aid on? Do you? And maybe some Neosporum? Yeah, that's what I have. So today is the first Sunday in Lent, and Everly found something. Whoa. She's like a heat-seeking missile over here. <laughs> oh, okay. So we have to share. Are these Jolly Ranchers? Yay. Oh, cool. We're supposed to be giving things up in Lent, but here we are. You wanted that red one, didn't you? So Lent is the 40 days before Easter that we think about Jesus and his ministry, especially his sufferings and death. And then on Easter morn, we celebrate his what? His what on Easter? His resurrection. But in these 40 days, we're going to be quiet. Oh, sorry. Oh, you got one. Wait a minute, how many do you have? (laughs) And I wonder what you are longing for in Lent. Maybe you're longing for Thank you. Maybe you're longing for a new pastor. Maybe you're longing for a more peaceful world. Maybe you're longing for better health for yourselves or maybe for your loved ones. So here's a little girl, and we don't quite see her face, do we? She's looking out, what, a window. How old do you think she is? Three, four, two. And what do you think she's longing for? Maybe like a picture of Everly waiting for her daddy to come home. Maybe thinking about her friend that might be away. She wants to go outside and play. She's longing to be outside. So, what are you longing for? What are you longing for? What are you longing for? the Spirit of Christ to touch your hearts anew in this season of Lent? Maybe health here for some? 
traveling mercies? How many are traveling in the next two or three months? Traveling mercies? So let's think about that during Lent, that we're longing, we're thinking about what God is going to be doing among us in these next few weeks. And uh, did you notice a different color of my stole? What color is it? Purple. It's a quiet color. It's a color that we reflect and take a breath. So let's fold our hands and bow our heads and pray together. Oh God, we are grateful for this season of Lent that we can stop and breathe and think about our lives, think about our hearts as we long for the Spirit of Christ, for our church, for our nation, and for our world. And we pray for each boy and girl here today that you would uh, honor them with your presence in the, in the days ahead. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're done here. We're <laughs> Off we go. Off to our classes.
As we do enter into this season of Lent, we're going to recite responsively a litany for Lent. So if you would join me in that. O Christ, out of your fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. You are our eternal hope. You are patient and full of mercy. You are generous to all who call upon you. O Christ, fountain of life and holiness, you have taken away our sins. On the cross, you were wounded for our transgressions and were bruised for our iniquities. Save us, Lord. O Christ, obedient unto death, source of all comfort, our life and our resurrection, our peace and reconciliation. O Christ, Savior of all who trust you, hope of all who die for you, and joy of all the saints. Jesus, Lamb of God. Jesus, bearer of our sins. Jesus, redeemer of the world. God of love, as in Jesus Christ, you gave yourself to us. So may we give ourselves to you, living according to your holy will. Keep our feet firmly in the way where Christ leads us. Make our mouths speak the truth that Christ teaches us. Fill our bodies with the life that is Christ within us. In his holy name we pray. Amen. And would you please stand for the Gloria?
remember his love never fails no matter what you're going through what trial or maybe something you're even trying to run away from his love will never fail you it's always there
Thank you to both our choir and our band, and welcome back, Michelle. On this first Sunday in Lent, in the C cycle of the lectionary, we have two texts before us. One, the Hebrew lesson from Deuteronomy 26. Let us listen for God's word to us. When you have come into the land that the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance to possess, and you possess it and settle in it, you shall take some of the first of all the fruit of the ground which you harvest from the land that the Lord your God is giving you. And you shall put it in a basket and go to the place that the Lord your God will choose as a dwelling for his name. You shall go to the priest who is in office at that time and say to him, Today I declare to the Lord your God that I have come into the land that the Lord swore to our ancestors to give us. When the priest takes the basket from your hand and sets it down before the altar of the Lord your God, you shall make this response before the Lord your God. A wandering Aramean was my ancestor. He went down into Egypt and lived there as an alien, few in number, and there he became a great nation, mighty and populous. When the Egyptians treated us harshly and afflicted us by imposing hard labor on us, we cried to the Lord, the God of our ancestors. The Lord heard our voice and saw our affliction, our toil, and our oppression. The Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm with a terrifying display of power and with signs and wonders. And he brought us into this place and gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. So now I bring the first of the fruit of the ground that you, O Lord, have given me. You shall set it down before the Lord your God and bow down before the Lord your God. Then you, together with the Levites and the aliens who reside among you, shall celebrate with all the bounty that the Lord your God has given to you and to your house. The gospel lesson is taken from Luke's gospel, chapter 4. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing at all during those days, and when they were over, he was famished. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. Jesus answered him, It is written, One does not live by bread alone. Then the devil led him up and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to him, to you I will give their glory and all this authority, for it has been given over to me, and I give it to anyone I please. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered him, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, if you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, 
He will command his angels concerning you to protect you, and on their hands they will bear you up so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is said, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished every test, he departed from him until an opportune time. The word of the Lord. Shall we pray? Gracious God, we do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from your mouth. Make us hungry for this heavenly food that it may nourish us today in the ways of eternal life through Jesus Christ, the bread of heaven. Amen. We began last Wednesday, Ash Wednesday, this season of Lent. Lent from the Germanic Lents, springtime. Lent is the 40-day period before Easter. From as early as the 3rd century, Christians have set aside this time of preparation for Easter, originally shorter. Lent became 40 days, mirroring the 40 days of temptation for Jesus in the wilderness and 40 years of wandering for Israel. Lent is a time of fasting and prayer that excludes Sundays in commemoration of the resurrection. Lent is a time of soul-searching and repentance. Lent is a season of reflection and taking stock. It's a time when the faithful rededicate themselves and when from the earliest days of the church, converts were instructed in faith and prepared for baptism. So you at PCC, we encourage you to use, if you wish, your daily Bible readings. I brought one up here and then promptly lost it, but it's based on, wave it around, someone who has it, it's based on the Sermon on the Mount, and I'm using it for my Lenten devotional, usually in the evenings. You may reflect on a few verses each day from this devotional, or from the last weeks of our Lord's life, starting in John 12 or Mark 14, or you may use the Psalms as personal prayers during Lent. Some people give up something in Lent, and some give toward something in Lent. On this first Sunday in Lent, the Scripture lessons from both Deuteronomy and Luke teach us what it means to call upon God. In Deuteronomy 26, Moses instructs the people that when they remember, when they commemorate their deliverance, their freedom from their oppression back in Egypt, when they have full baskets in hand thanking God at the altar of worship, they are to tell their story in this way, a wandering Aramean was my ancestor, probably a reference to Jacob, remember? whose sons, and finally Jacob himself, traveled down to Egypt to find their long-lost son and brother Joseph. And from those humble beginnings, Israel remembered that God made of them a great nation, mighty and populous. And when the Egyptians saw their threatening power and numbers, the Egyptians treated their sons and daughters of Jacob, whose name God changed to Israel, treated those people harshly, imposing on them hard labor. 
And then it was Israel's children who cried to the Lord, called out to the God of their ancestors, and when they did call out, God, and Moses reminds them of this, God heard our voice, and the Lord saw our affliction, our toil, our oppression. So remember, when you come to the altar with your baskets in hand, giving back the fruit of your labors, remember that the Lord brought you out of Egypt and brought you to this place and gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. So now I give you, Lord, the first fruits of the ground that you have given to me. I remember my mom writing that first check of the month to our church. The first fruits of my parents' labors. Israel was to say that herself. That was to be Israel's call and the people's prayer through the history. The exodus, the deliverance out of Egypt was, you see, Israel's meta story. When they were faithful, they called upon God and they remembered. And the history of Israel is full of God's faithfulness and the people's faithfulness and also many sad stories of the decline of God's people usually predicated on whether they prayed and whether they remembered or not. It's a wonderful lesson for us as we begin Lent 2019 that when we as Christians remember our exodus from the chains of our sin, when we remember the cross and we pray for ourselves and our needy world, when we pray for justice and peace, we remember our meta story the great story of our deliverance from the cross and resurrection. Today we are also looking at the temptations of Jesus. It's quite a picture. All three Gospels, Mark, Matthew, and Luke, talk about the temptation story. Mark's temptation is the most brief in chapter 1, 12 and 13. Mark says, and the Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness 40 days, tempted by Satan, and he was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited upon him. That's all that Mark says. Matthew and Luke expand upon the temptation story to their particular versions, and John does not mention the event. The author of Hebrews reflects on the temptations theologically, and we'll come back to that in a moment. There are some interesting and understandable differences between Matthew 4 and Luke 4. In Luke's text, our Lord is led up into the wilderness by the Spirit to be tempted. And there Jesus fasted 40 days and nights, and he was famished. All defenses down. Jesus comes into the temptations of his life and ministry when his strength is at his lowest and weakest. Isn't that the way the evil one comes to us when we are at our lowest? First temptation, and it's personal. If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. Close your eyes. 
Don't look at the rest of the pictures. Oh, here we are. Open your eyes. Command these stones to become loaves of bread. This would be a private act. It would meet the physical need of Jesus, hunger. The miracle would harm no one. And the background to our Lord's response to the devil is, one does not live by bread alone from the mouth of Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 8. And there Moses is explaining the gift of manna that God gave Israel. The gift of manna, the bread from heaven, not just to feed them, one does not live by bread alone, said Moses, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. If God's Son, Jesus, needs God's bread first and human bread last, how much more do we? So we need bread for the journey, and the source of the bread of life is the bread of the Word. We need to weekly, better daily, read, meditate, reflect upon the Scriptures, maybe just a paragraph or two each evening or morning, which I'm not a morning person. Give us this day our physical, says the Lord in the Lord's Prayer. Give us this day our spiritual bread. Read the Word. We do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. In Lent, I'm reading the third paragraph of the following books. Genesis, Psalms, Mark, and Romans. So last night, the fourth evening of Lent, I read those four paragraphs. And hopefully I'll get through 40 paragraphs in each of those books. Second temptation. And it's political. In an instant, the devil showed Jesus the kingdoms of this world. And the tempter said to him, verse 6, To you I will give glory and all its authority, for it has been given to me, that's a lie, and I will give it to everyone, that's another lie, if you will just, what? Worship me, all this will be yours. Backdrop. It's Israel's desire to be like its neighbors, to worship their gods, to have a king like their kings. And now Jesus, all neighbors, all kings, all authority will be yours. And Jesus replies again from Deuteronomy, this time chapter 6, Jesus answered him, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve only him. That one verse said two things. The devil and those of his realm are not deserving of anyone's honor, let alone worship. And two, the only one that we are to worship and honor and serve is the Lord your God. So what's your political temptation? Maybe one political temptation for people of faith is not to get involved in the political process. It's simply easier to do nothing. It's my prayer that we don't do that. In Orange County, there are faith groups that are speaking up and speaking out on behalf of immigrants, refugees, all who are marginalized in our world today. People of faith, you see, need not only to pray, but to speak out against racism and bigotry and prejudice. 
We were saddened by the recent news, and I'm quoting the March 7th LA Times, quote, Eva Scholitz, stepsister and childhood friend of the famed Holocaust diarist Anne Frank, said that she was surprised to learn that some students from well-educated Newport Beach didn't understand the pain they would cause by posing for photos at a party featuring Nazi salutes around cups arranged like a swastika during a game of beer pong. I don't even know what beer pong is. (laughs) So this 89-year-old woman, Eva, herself a concentration camp survivor, spoke to students at Newport Harbor High School in a very emotional meeting last week that was run through the nation. And there were apologies offered, and several student groups are going to do graffiti cleanup in the coming weeks and bring leaders for tolerance and coexistence on their campus. So, a sad story turns out to be a wonderful story. Martin Niemuller was a German anti-Nazi theologian and Lutheran pastor, but he's best known for his widely circulated verse written just after he was released from a consecration camp after World War II. Niemuller writes, First they came for the socialists, and because I did not speak out, because I was not a socialist. Then they came for the trade unionist, and since I was not a trade unionist, I did not speak out. Then they came for the Jews, and since I was not a Jew, I did not speak out. Then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak. My political temptation is not to speak out because I don't know anyone personally involved in hate speech. But maybe I need to reflect and rethink that one. And maybe we all do. Third temptation. This time it's religious. Personal, political, religious. The devil took Jesus to Jerusalem, placed him on the pinnacle of the temple. This time the devil uses scripture himself. He can do that, you know. If Jesus is God's son, then he can force God to prove it and protect him. And Satan quotes from Psalm 91, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command His angels concerning you to protect you, and on their hands they will bear you up so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. In fact, in old Jerusalem today, there's still a traditional pinnacle that guides point out that say that's where that third temptation took place. So for the third time, Jesus uses Deuteronomy. It's Moses again warning that God should not be tested. Israel tried in the past to test God and they failed. Jesus said, do not put the Lord to a test. Luke concludes his story with a provocative line. When the devil had finished every test, he departed from him until an opportune time. Jesus overcame a personal temptation, stones to bread, Jesus overcame a political temptation. All this will be yours if you just worship me. And Jesus overcame a religious temptation. If you are God's son, jump. Test God. So what's your religious temptation? 
Mine is that there are times, perhaps many times, that I try to orchestrate my future instead of trusting God with it. And I should know better by now because for most of my career, where I thought and planned I would be at the close of my interim pastorate um, isn't usually the case. So your future, four to six months from today, may be planned by committees, and Presbyteries have committees, But those plans are controlled by a sovereign and gracious God who promised to Jeremiah of old in the 29th chapter, the plans, we have it up, the plans I have for you are for your welfare and not for your harm to give you a future with hope. So what's your takeaway this morning? Why did you get up today? Why did you brush your teeth and come down and listen to this sermon? Two truths are worth hearing, not because Pastor Charles worked on the sermon during choir rehearsal on Tuesday night, but they are truths about the very little-mentioned temptations of Jesus outside the Gospels. Remember the Gospel, the author of Hebrews talks about the temptations theologically. First truth, and this is especially for Christian people facing temptations, Hebrews chapter 2 says, because he was tested by what he suffered, he is able to help those who are being tested. Because he himself was tested by what he suffered, he is able to help those who are being tested. That's the first truth. Christ is able to help. Whether it's personal or political or religious temptation that we are going through, Christ is able to help. So what in your character and actions will you work on with Christ's able help during the season of Lent. I'm going to work on less anxiety and on a little bit more gentleness and encouragement and boldness. Secondly, from Luke, or rather from Hebrews 4, we have a high priest, says the author, who has been tested as we are yet without, Sharon read it, yet without sin. Therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Christ is able to help, and Christ invites us to boldly pray for grace. Your temptations, my temptations, are really quite small. The large and great and majestic picture is of Jesus, the able Christ and the inviting Christ. So invite that able Christ to help you. So may that Savior and that Lord lead us not into temptation, but deliver us in this season of Lent from all evil. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the promises of our God abide forever. Amen. I always know when to conclude my sermon because Cornell goes to the organ. (laughs) And we're going to sing together um, a wonderful hymn, Lord, throughout these 40 days. Please rise.
Please be seated. Thank you for being such a generous congregation. Thank you. And we're going to wait upon you now for our morning tithes and offerings. Please be seated. Paul reminds us in Philippians, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Shall we pray? Merciful and holy God, we come before you this morning with thanksgiving in our hearts. As we walk through Lent, we are daily reminded of Jesus' powerful ministry on earth in just a mere three years. We are grateful beyond words for your enduring love and for our salvation. We pray for a world that is in desperate need of a fresh touch from you, Lord. Reveal yourself through your disciples in every corner of this earth. Use us, Lord. Let us be your hands and feet to show your love and mercy to those in need. Father God, we pray for those affected by the rains, flooding, extreme weather conditions, cold and deadly tornadoes this past week. We pray for the small community in Alabama that lost so much. We pray for each one's needs to be met and for you to prompt people to be neighborly and to help one another. Heavenly Father, we ask for your blessing on Pastor Charles and Pastor Sharon for their tireless ministry to each one of us. We lift up our pastoral nominating committee 
and ask, Father, for your wisdom and guidance as they continue to sift through the many candidates before them. We pray for those here in our midst that are experiencing trials, suffering, and sorrow. May your peace that surpasses all understanding be with each one. We pray for a fresh touch from you for those who are tired and those who feel broken. We pray for your hand of healing on those facing health challenges. And we pause for a moment of silence to lift up those to us, close to us, who are in need of prayer. And we continue praying in the way that Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. As we continue in our worship, please stand for our hymn of commitment.
Let us receive the benediction. The God of peace who brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus make you complete in every good so that you may do God's will, working among us that which is pleasing in God's sight. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the communion of the Holy Spirit rest and remain with each one this day, this night, in the season of Lent, and forevermore. Amen.
This is Pastor Charles Svensson again, and we invite you at any point to come and worship with us here at Presbyterian Church of the Covenant in Costa Mesa. We trust that God has been honored by this worship service and that you have been blessed. God be with you.